If you're someone who procrastinates, and I mean, let's be honest, everybody procrastinates to some degree or other, it can be very hard to achieve the things that you want to do. School is very different because there's hard set deadlines for absolutely everything. So it kind of keeps me in that frame of mind of scheduling, staying organized, um, and it carries over to my business stuff too. When I feel like I'm putting my best self out there, whether it be in school or business, it kind of just radiates across everything in my life. When I practice excellence in, in one of these areas, what I find is it just, it works for everything and I, my, my level starts to elevate across everything that I'm doing. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. I have a lot of impressive people I want you to meet, and likewise, I'm privileged to meet myself. I say that for any number of reasons. Success, drive, gusto. In the case of Nathan Nazareth, my guest today, I was impressed with his ability to balance his schooling with his business. It's a distinct point of view I encourage you to listen in on. Nathan Nazareth, it is good to have you here in Ecomonics. How are you doing today? How are you feeling, man? I'm feeling awesome. It's a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to a good conversation. How are you? Uh, same here. Always looking forward to uh, to a good conversation too. Lovely to always meet new people and to always get to hear something really distinct and exciting about each person. So uh, it's I just uh, I'm just I, I'm a, maybe speechless isn't the best thing for somebody to be hosting a, an audio show, but sometimes it's just hard to really summarize like everything that I've been experiencing thus far up to and including today. So other than that, doing pretty doing pretty gosh darn good. Yeah. All right, so let's get uh, let's get the audience warmed up to you. Uh, opening question, like I said, pretty much every podcast in history asks this, so you know I can't be that distinct. But tell us what you do and what you're up to these days. Cool. So yeah, my name's Nathan Nazareth. Um, I'm 20 years old. I'm an e-commerce entrepreneur. I also uh, attend school. I go to school at the uh, University of Victoria. It's just on um, in Victoria in uh, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, so yeah, living out here is good. I live in Victoria as well as in Vancouver. I kind of bounce back and forth between the two places. Um, I got into e-commerce, I want to say about two and a half, three years ago now. So it was pretty much uh, right when I went to university, my first year there, you know, typical college student. I was looking up how to make money online, stuff like that. Um, came across uh, social media marketing actually at first, and we can get more into my whole story and stuff later. Uh, but that was that was kind of the first thing um, that opened my eyes to the world of making money online, uh, marketing, sales, all that kind of stuff. And so I, I essentially I jumped right into that um, full swing. And within a few months, I built up an agency and then naturally transitioned over to drop shipping, got really into drop shipping. And long story short, that essentially leads me to where I am today. Uh, so I started, you know, focusing on my personal brand a bit more as well. So I started creating content, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Um, and really just over the past few months, things have definitely started to pick up a little bit more. Um, and I guess that's one of the reasons why I'm here talking today and I'm really excited to be here. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to right now. Cool. Well, one thing that stuck out is, so you had done uh, social media marketing and then made your way into dropshipping. And that is a bit of a... Um, uh, of a pattern interrupt compared to what the story usually is. Anybody who's gotten into the dropshipping, dropshipping has always been their starting point. 
And then from there, that experience that they have, because it, it teaches people a lot of different areas. It teaches the need for, for marketing. It teaches the need for product and logistics. And really, it's, it's a crash course on a lot of different areas of running a business. So, And then usually they will then transition into other things like, like agencies. So it's kind of the, the, the reverse for you. So when you were looking at it, I'm also wondering too, what was the array or like what are some of the other things that were competing for your attention at the time, like aside from social media marketing, other options that had presented themselves to you? hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, when I, when I first started looking up ways to make money online, of course, you're going to see your drop shipping, um, social media marketing stuff, uh, maybe some drop servicing in there, other side hustles and just things you can do. Um, but really what it was for me, uh, why I was, I was drawn to social media marketing so much in the beginning was because, I mean, like I said, I was, I was a broke college student pretty much. So I didn't really have much money in my bank. And so Obviously, to to sustain or run any type of business, um, especially drop shipping. I mean, drop shipping in itself is is quite a lean start compared to other business models. As in, you don't need a lot of money uh, up front to hopefully validate a product, start getting sales, and then go from there. Um, but you still do need capital, especially if you know you're you're testing a few products. It's your first time. You're probably not going to hit it big on your first go. That's just the nature of the business and and business in general. These things take time. Uh, they take effort. They take a lot of mistakes um, and a lot of learning curves. And that's really I, I recognize that right off the bat. And I, and I told myself, you know what, I could I could jump into dropshipping and start my own business um, or I could try something else, something that I can get some some cash coming in monthly uh, that's more stable, get some income going and then use that to reinvest and then start you know, trying a bunch of different businesses. So that's exactly what I did. And social media marketing was one of those things where you know, of course, it's a risk like anything, because you're risking uh, your relationship with a potential client. You know, you're trying to put out good services, good marketing work for them. And if you fail, you know, that's going to reflect poorly on yourself, on your brand. Um, it's just not something you want to do. But risks come with everything. And something that I live by is kind of just like throwing myself at every opportunity I can, even if I'm not ready for it. Um, and usually I'm able to pick things up along the way. And learn as I go. And so, of course, with, with social media marketing, uh, you don't need really any capital to get started. So essentially what I did was I started reaching out to local businesses in my area. And I said, hey, guys, um, you know, I'm, I'm a new social media marketing agency. I'm looking to expand my services into your market and essentially generate new clients and new leads for you guys. And I mean, that's exactly what I did. But at the time, I did not know a whole lot about marketing. You know, I, I just didn't have a lot of skills built up. I mean, I was going to school at the time for business and I was taking marketing courses. So I had a little bit of a background. I'd always been interested in business, always been kind of a hustler selling things in high school and stuff like that. So I guess you could say, you know, I had some experience, but, but frankly, it was not enough to be able to, you know, take someone's business and explode it, grow it through social media because social media is so powerful. Um, but I told myself, you know, let me just take this chance. Let me jump into it. And if I can secure one client, I know I will then figure out how to market and I will get good at it because it puts me in that position. And that's exactly what happens. So when I, when I found my first client probably took me a hundred cold calls, honestly, my cold calling ability was, was poor. My marketing ability was, was not fully established or not established at all for that matter. Um, but I kind of just threw myself in there. Uh, took a long time, of course, a lot of mistakes, a lot of failed calls, but I just kept persevering. And I was like, you know what, this is working for other people. There's no reason why it can't work for me. 
And so finally, when I, when I landed my first client, I think it was like 1500 or 2000 a month. Um, that was such a great feeling. I just made my first money online. Uh, but at the same time, it was also a terrible feeling. It was also extremely scary because I'm sitting there going, holy crap, I, you know, this person just paid me two grand. And, and at the time, that that's a lot of money for someone who's, you know, first year in college, don't really have much income coming in, have to pay for everything like tuition and books and all that stuff. And so 2000 coming in like that just sent over to me, kind of freaked me out. And now I got this guy's money and I have to perform and I don't really know what I'm doing. And so, of course, that's when I, you know, incessantly started researching. I had done research before, of course, um, but that's when I really started, you know, watching people on YouTube, uh, looking through websites, just looking, picking up books, any marketing material I could, um, just started messing around with the Facebook ads platform, all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it didn't end up terrible, that first client. So obviously, if you're going to jump into marketing cold turkey, like, like I did, uh, there's a lot of things that you're just not going to know. You can consume all the content you want, uh, but your intuition and your experience is just not going to be there. Um, so it definitely took a couple of weeks and I was, I was very transparent and clear about that to my first client. Like I was saying, you know, I'm new to this, but trust me, like I have experience, give me a shot. And that was kind of partially, um, that was partially what, what landed me the client as well. I mean, you know, they were happy to see, uh, first year student in university, really taking action. And they were like, you know what, we'll, we'll give a shot to this guy. And so first few weeks, like I said, it was pretty much uh, just trial and error. So I was launching a bunch of campaigns. I think I was launching some traffic campaigns and some lead gen campaigns. And at the time, I didn't really know which was going to work out best. But then after a few weeks, I started to get the hang of it. I started to, you know, start tracking the metrics seeing what was working, which campaigns uh, weren't working, started to make some key decisions. And from there, I, I mean, it was, I started to get some good results. So leads come, leads were coming in. And from there I was like, wow, you know, I, I can really do this. I can make a living. Like my client is, is becoming satisfied. They, they called me one, one night and they were like, yo, I love the work that you're doing, man. Like I see your Facebook posts. I see how hard you're working for me. Um, absolutely love it. Just wanted to tell you that. And then I think a couple of weeks later, they actually gave me a bonus. And so, you know, I, I honestly, I think they, they loved working with me just because I was so young and I was just trying my best to do everything that I could for them. Um, but that really, that right there opened up so many doors. And, and like I said, that's what led, led me to continue um, calling other clients and eventually expanding, uh, expanding the company and, and adding in other few university students to come work with me as well. And it turned into quite the operation. Is this operation still a part of your your nexus today, or did it uh, did it shut down at a certain point? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. So actually, I I still do work closely uh, with a couple of the clients who I've been working with um, for a long time. However, that's more not really through that same agency anymore. It's just kind of me, I guess, as like a subcontractor helping them out, working for them, that kind of stuff. And that's just because of I guess like the loyalty I've had with them. And, you know, they, they love working with me. And, and likewise, I'm still learning a lot from them. And I'm able to, you know, obviously try new new marketing things that I want to test out and also generate them good results. So it's kind of like a win-win. Um, but in terms of the agency, I just didn't have the time to continue scaling and, and taking on new clients after I started shifting into other areas of business. So yeah, I guess I still, I still do work closely with a couple of clients, but I'm not actively uh, expanding the company in any way. Yeah, but you, but you're still doing the work, so you're still gaining and retaining experience in the field. Yeah, exactly. Now, so uh, this is a small thing, but 
um, one thing I just wanted to know for the, 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 the through line in my own mind is, did you uh, take a break from school or were you in school the entire time from the beginning of this story pretty much until today? Cause you said that you're still in school now. Yeah. So I've been in school the entire time as I've been doing work and you know, it's, <clears throat> it's definitely not easy. Uh, it's tough to balance the two because university course loads just, they, they aren't, they aren't a walk in the park. It's, it's a lot of work. Um, it takes a lot of discipline, sometimes a lot of early mornings or late nights. Um, but I, I think being in school benefits me in business because I like to think of it like one, I'm gaining time management skills. So I'm able to, you know, organize a bunch of things that I have to do in my day and get better and better at meeting deadlines and obligations and, and keeping up to things like that. Um, because sometimes what happens is for some entrepreneurs, and, and I've experienced this myself, is because you have no hard set deadline on anything, you're working on your business and you're trying to improve every single day. If you're someone who procrastinates, and I mean, let's be honest, everybody procrastinates to some degree or other, <laughs> then uh, then it's it can be very hard to achieve the things that you want to do. And so school is very different because there's hard set deadlines for absolutely everything. So it kind of keeps me in that frame of mind of scheduling, staying organized. Um, and it carries over to my business stuff too. So if I have, you know, an essay due on Friday and then, you know, some sort of other school assignment due on Sunday, then I'll try to start making my schedule around that because of those hard set deadlines. And what will happen is I'll start slotting in other deadlines for some of my business stuff I'm trying to achieve around there as well. And, and everything kind of just works together. And, you know, when I, when I feel like I'm putting my best self out there, whether it be in school or business, it kind of just radiates across everything in my life. I mean, I like to do fitness, workout, go for runs, all that kind of stuff. Obviously I'm in school and then I'm working on all my business stuff. And when I, when I practice excellence in, in one of these areas, what I find is it just, it works for everything. And I, my, my level starts to elevate across everything that I'm doing. Right. Cause it raises the bar. Like if I'm putting considerable effort into one thing, I wouldn't want to then disrespect something else that I'm doing by not giving it the same level of effort when it's all of, uh, of the same level of importance. Exactly. Yeah. Well, th there's a lot of, um, I mean, see, this is the thing that like, this is set out at the beginning is that everybody brings something interesting to the table and, 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 you know, not, uh, I, I didn't want to put that pressure on you to be like, oh boy, I sure hope I bring something unique, but you, you already did, which is a, you know, balancing, you know, this, this work that you're doing in this little empire that you're building. I just, I don't, I don't mean to be demeaning. I just, you know what I mean? Like it gets bigger over time, yeah. but also uh, balancing, uh, balancing school. There's that. And also the social media marketing is also an interesting angle to, to get into as well. Uh, I, I did want to ask, I guess for, from my audience who maybe they want to give, give social media marketing a shot because for a lot of people, you're right. It, it running, even though, and you put it very nicely too, you said it was uh drop shipping is a lean business to do because the costs are low, but they still need income. So I don't know if how much the Overton window has changed from when you were into it versus what the situation is now. Um, but for people who are interested in social media marketing as like a path towards their, their, their next thing, or maybe that's actually their destination and they're a really good fit for it. Uh, how would they uh, get, uh, get their hands dirty? Yeah, well, I actually think, I mean, contrary to, to popular belief, I think that social media marketing is the perfect business model to start prior to dropshipping or prior to a lot of other business models. And, you know, obviously I'm biased because that, that's what worked for me. Um, but obviously I think that, 
you know, if you're somebody and you're starting out how I was, you don't have a lot of expertise in, in, in different aspects of business, jump into social media marketing, because if you pick up that phone, I mean, you know, like, like you were saying, I don't know how, how things have changed. Cause that was quite a while ago that I was, I was cold calling and, and closing clients that way. Maybe, you know, there's, there's some other, other avenues you could go down for closing clients today. Uh, but for me, it was simply just picking up that phone and, you know, looking through Google business or whatever, and finding all the businesses uh, near me. And I, I just worked with, with local businesses, but now of course, um, there's so much remote work going around and you can pretty much call somebody up anywhere. So that also opens up a lot more possibility for this business model. You can, you can reach any business anywhere. I mean, granted, probably you have to speak the same language as them. That would definitely help. Um, but it's, it's, it's a huge, a huge broad range of businesses that you can reach out to and offer them, them marketing and services. And, and the nice thing is too, if you have any, any expertise, so like, let's say, um, you know, you're not, you're not too well seasoned as a marketer or dropshipper, but you do know how to build a good website. Well, then you can offer that. No, I wouldn't say an upsell, but you can offer that like on the side. So you can say, you know what, I'd love to do your marketing. Um, and I've looked through your website, you know, it looks great. You want to point out a few things that you like that they're doing already, and then maybe offer some areas of improvement and explain to you, explain to them um, the type of improvements you could bring through your website designing skills or, or whatever the case may be. It doesn't have to be websites. And, and a lot of the times that's what I found is, is I was closing people on these side services too. And so they, in the beginning, they weren't taking the social media marketing, but they were like, actually, you know what? My website does need a complete overhaul. So you can really reach out to these people um, and ask for anything. And, and also if you do have a little bit of experience with drop shipping and, and drop servicing and that stuff, you know, that there's people you can lean on as well. So, you know, if you don't know how to build a website, but you got a client saying, Hey, I, I need you to build a website for me as well as the marketing. Well, then you can, you can go on Fiverr, you can go on Upwork, you can find someone and start talking to them and, you know, find someone who actually knows how to build these, these awesome websites. And then maybe you can work with them side by side to build it or, or they can build it and, and take a cut of the profit or whatever the case may be. Um, but, but that's excellent as well. So, and, and sorry, that leads me back to my, my previous point of why I think social media marketing is the best, best place to start is because you don't really have to give any of your own money, right? So if you're, if you're like me, you didn't really have any money in your bank account and you're going to gain all these marketing skills, specifically like Facebook ads, probably TikTok ads manager now, um, Snapchat ads, different social media platforms, you're going to gain all these skills in which otherwise you wouldn't have been able to gain because it takes money to run paid ads. And so your client, chances are your client is paying like some sort of fixed monthly rate, let's say it's 2000 or whatever. And let's say 1500 of that is going straight into ad spend. And, and, you know, you're profiting 500 for your work. That $1,500 is huge. And it, it's, it's priceless because that's $1,500 um, of experience for you. $1,500 of experience in paid ads in which you otherwise wouldn't have got because simply you don't have um, the funds and the ability to be going out and dropping thousands of dollars per month to learn these marketing skills. And, and of course you can, you can learn online and, and watch videos and learn from other people um, but actually getting in there in the trenches and and putting in the work and and actually, you know, having money behind what you do is is probably one of the best ways to learn actually experiential learning. Uh, so that's why I think, and then, of course, those skills perfectly transfer over to drop shipping um, and pretty much any other any other business model I can think of 
um, you know, knowing how to run paid ads is, is essential. So really, I'd say that's, that's why social media marketing is the best. Um, like I said, for anyone looking to get into it, uh, you know, you can build, build yourself a little action plan. I love to, you know, create little action plans for myself, set goals, timelines. I love having that structure, um, deadlines to meet because I myself am a pretty big procrastinator as well. And, you know, maybe you're going to write out a little proposal and you're going to explain what services you can offer. And then you just got to get started. You just got to pick up the phone, call these businesses and you got to have thick skin. You got to be okay uh, with getting rejected, if whether that's one time, whether that's 10 times, whether that's 100 times like me. Um, you know, you got you to gotta celebrate both your successes and your failures. And especially in social media marketing, you will have a lot of failures, a lot of reject, rejections. Um, but you will get there if you continue to persevere. And, and, and I think it also speaks to the importance of that tenacity, because as you had said, you know, you had the, you had the drive and you had the motivation to do it, but it was an entry level position, um, for, for you to get into. So I think a lot of people, they might find that to be a significant limiting factor where, well, I, I can't, the best I could do is maybe join another agency and intern there for six, for six months or something like that before I start to see something that resembles a paycheck, but you started the agency all on your own. And what I also noticed too is I think the the pressure is really it has to be tangible, I think, because yeah, most people will procrastinate. You get like the the one percent of people who just I don't know, they 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 drop kick out of bed and they just I don't know, they just have the energy all day. You know, God bless them, but I ain't I ain't one of them. And <laughs> I just I roll out of bed, just fall out. Anyways, but because there is the tangible um, consequences of not being able to manage all of this, um, you have the tangible consequences of not being able to deliver on the results. And then you have school, which, and it all elevates pressure in different ways. That's really important. That's what actually gets people to, to level up and get to that, to that next place. For sure. Yeah. You, you got to learn to love that type of pressure. Um, and some people, they look at it as like stress. And they get super worried and, and freaked out and they feel like their whole life is going to come crashing down when they have too many things on the go at once. For me, I don't know what it is. I just, I, it, happens I, to me. it happens to me. It does. Yeah. I, I love that pressure. I feed off of that pressure. When I, when I feel that, that's what makes me want to keep going. Uh, it's like, I don't really know how to explain it other than if you've ever played sports. So I used to play soccer. Um, when you walk up and you're going to take a penalty shot. So it's, it's the whole team, both teams are watching the crowd, whatever you put the soccer ball down on the, on the spot, 10 feet out from the goal. Uh, you're expected to make this shot. Like it's, you know, an 80, 90% chance. Theoretically you should, you should be scoring this. And so there's a goalie in net and it's just you. And there's like 30 seconds to a minute of silence as you stand there and you walk up and you shoot that ball. Um, so many people, don't like taking that shot. So many people will be like, no, I'm not taking that penalty. I would love moments like those. Yeah. Where it's, you know, you, you, you got to perform you're under the pressure. And I think that's, that's really why I love to just jump into businesses. And even if I'm not fully ready, I, I know I will get there and I'll, I'll learn along the way. And so that's similar experience to that, that social media marketing initially was just throwing myself in there, receiving that $2,000 and then sitting there and being like, Oh shit! Now I gotta perform. Now the the pressure's on. You know what I mean? Hey, have you ever met um, Ethan Dobbins? No, I haven't actually. Okay, I've had him on the show previously. He's also uh, into soccer too. You guys uh, have a lot in common. So, oh cool. Um, maybe I, I I'm I'm the reincarnation of a spider. So I'm I'm a big fan of networking things, stuff like that.
So one thing that stuck out, by the way, I've heard the term action plan like 186 times over the course of my life, and I've never actually figured out what it is. What do you do when you're setting an action plan? Yeah, so to me, an action plan is more or less a schedule of steps that I'm going to take or things that I'm going to do to ultimately reach a small goal, medium goal, large goal, or collection of both a small goal and then, and then more steps and then a medium goal and then more steps. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, I guess, action plans, um, and goal setting. So the two kind of go hand in hand. And so an action plan can come in the form of pretty much anything. Um, so whether you want to draw some sort of mind map out, or you want to write in an Excel sheet and, and write in all the things that you're going to do in order, or whether you want to write a full on paragraph of things, you know, you, you can really make an action plan, whatever. Uh, but for me, it's, it's sitting down with a, with a pen and a paper and then saying, okay, um, by, by May 20th, I'm going to have this dropshipping store, uh, set up May 21st. I'm going to have, uh, the ads live May 22nd. Right. And so I, and so I write all those things out and then typically what I'll do is I'll, I'll paste that paper you can't see it right now, but um, essentially I have this wall above me where I'm sitting right now. And so I'm sitting at my setup with my monitor and stuff, and I'll typically paste that paper right above me. So every time I come down and sit in my chair here every single morning to do some work, I just see that action plan almost looming above me. And it's almost like just telling me, do this right now. And so then I, I see it, I work on it. And then also that that type of feeling of fulfillment and satisfaction you get uh, when you achieve one of those things, whether it be small, large, you're just taking one step forward. Um, it really motivates you and, and helps you to keep going. So that's why I like building up action plans. And, and I think it's helpful too, for it to, um, have a visual presence, uh, where you, where, where you're working, because I think the more it's, even if it's a, if it's a subconscious thing and I'm not always looking at it, I'm just typing, but then I look up and I notice it. And the more that information is being uh, sent to me visually, I think the more of an effect it would have versus something that might be written down and then like, you know, stored away or something. Yeah. 100%. I'm a big visual guy. Um, love to set any type of goals that I have, both short-term and long-term, uh, pace them up again. You can't see it right now, but I have a whiteboard over to this side of my room, uh, which is just full of a list of things I want to learn, um, achieve, do places I want to travel, uh, just, a, you know, a bunch of things It doesn't necessarily have to relate directly to your dropshipping or whatever you're currently working on. And, and that's something that I, I love talking about too. I love being a well-rounded and, and, and balanced person. And, and like I was saying before, when you practice excellence in, in one area of your life, uh, it tends to radiate across all of them. So, and it does relate, I think in maybe, maybe not in ways that are clearly tangible, but it does relate in ways that will manifest in, in the longer run. I mean, it's not, the episode isn't about me. I don't want to get into like some of my big term goals, but even something that might not manifest in the next 10 years or 20 years, as long as it's a persistent goal, a lot of what I decide to do will in some small or, uh, or hopefully meaningful way still angle towards that. I mean, if I, my goal was to be a surgeon, I've, I've been way off this whole time. So it, uh, it is, it, it is helpful. One thing I wanted to get back to was just, uh, this is just maybe for clarification. So when you were doing the, uh, the social media marketing and you talk about uh, paid on paid ads on Facebook. So my understanding is it's pretty much like a direct, uh, like what's, if I were to get into say dropshipping afterwards, 
the ads that I were doing in the social media marketing are pretty much the same ads that I would be doing to market my own dropshipping business uh, to the point where the formula is, you know, hook, old, bad, new, good uh, benefits, call to action. Now, is, is, did, I, did I get that right? Or were, was the advertising uh, different from when you transitioned into a dropshipping store? Yeah, so I'm going to say it's partially the same. Okay. Um, and and that that's because all the all the things that you do, let's say you take Facebook ads and you're running Facebook ads for this company, it it really depends on what their goals are. So of course, like when you sit down and you have these conversations with with the company you're working with, um, you need to figure out what they're trying to do first, right? And then you might need to try a bunch of different campaigns and, and different advertising objectives to see what works for them. Now, you might be running, uh, you might be running your agency and you might be working with a client that is selling physical products. Now, in that case, it would be very closely related to, to drop shipping. But you might also have clients, or you're probably more likely, like for me initially, I got started off with, with clients who are service based. So you're more likely to be, I'd say, working with service-based clients in which lead gen is really popular, lead gen objective. Uh, now, how it, let, let's say you just work with service-based clients and you primarily use lead gen. I mean, you'd still have some experience a little bit because you'd probably try out other objectives just to see. You don't want to rule everything out, especially when, you, when you're working with a new client. You want to really give everything a go. And usually they're fine with that. Like if you tell them, hey, like this is our first month. So it's all about, you know, testing things and seeing, seeing what works. And then hopefully by next month, we'll have everything fully established. We'll have our CPA down to as low as possible. And we'll be bringing you clients like there's no tomorrow. Right. And so in that first month, usually, you know, you'll let your clients know and you'll say, you know, expect, expect some volatility. I'm going to be trying out a bunch of things. Um, that's also one thing that I used as as kind of a tool to get me in the door with a lot of clients. So I, I offered a two week free trial or it wasn't free in a sense. Um, it was two week trial at ad spend. So I was working for free, uh, but they were, they were, they were covering the marketing costs of course. And so during those two weeks, I basically, I had 14 days. So the first few days I would just start trying a bunch of different campaigns, a bunch of different objectives, see what's working best. And then hopefully a few days in, I'll find what's working best and I'll pump the rest of the budget into that and hopefully, you know, bring the client lots of leads. And then at the end of the two weeks, they're ready to sign on to a, a one month, two month, three month contract, whatever it is. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Where, where are we going again? What was no, 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 it's cool. So there was there was a few things that I picked up from that. The main answer that I guess I was looking for was that because the agents, the uh, the companies that you were working with, they are, they're not all one-to-one -one parody with what a... A dropshipper uh, will do because that's right. something physical products. Whereas you're saying there's an intangible media, digital media. So obviously the the strategy has to change uh, some somewhat there. Uh, and then yeah, I was just talking about uh, very very briefly. You're also saying you know depending on the company, you're willing to do work for free while they're covering the ad spend, uh, which leads me to it's like a, a sub question. But have you ever had to go out of pocket? Hmm, that's a good question. Thanks. I want to yeah. say go curious about it. I want to say. I have, but not related to ad spend. So I've gone out of pocket, but that would have been for extra services. Maybe it was content creation. So maybe I was hiring photographers because they just had no content. And I really wanted to get you know them some good results and, and show them what I can do or what I'm capable of or something like that. 
Uh, but I, I don't think I've ever went, went out of pocket on ad spend for a client. Okay. Yeah, that that one would have to be a pretty uh, significant line to cross. But uh, I was yeah. just I was just curious curious about it. Uh, another thing that I'm also uh, intrigued about too. So one of the, like the long through lines throughout uh, many many of the interviews that I've done is the relationship between people and you know what they're getting out of school. We do have stories of people who are like school didn't really do anything for them, but then they turned to e-commerce and you know and now they're and now they're doing quite well. So so you're more on the side of that school is it's providing a lot of motivation. It's helping you manage your time and it's definitely conditioning you to be a uh, you know to be a to be a professional and to be accountable to yourself. But I do tend to ask and I do tend to wonder about the courses themselves. You know, are are there any major like is there anything really sticking out to you? Is there any like major takeaways that, you know, that your course is uh, imparting on you? Yeah. So it's a tough one um, for sure, because like I, I have no clear cut answer on whether or not I think school is, is worth it um, at least worth it financially in terms of the money that you'd be spending to attend these courses. Um, but for me, it's not necessarily about, uh, you know, directly what I'm learning in these courses. Mm -hmm. It's more so the experience and, and like we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, the ability it's, you're learning how to learn. So you're setting these schedules and you're making sure you meet deadlines and you're absorbing a bunch of information, whether or not that information is, is use is useful or not. Um, let's just put that aside for a moment. It's the fact that you're learning how to take that in. You're learning how to hopefully apply it in one way or another. Um, maybe you're doing some assignments or projects. And I think that's all pretty valuable. And then, of course, uh, probably the biggest piece of school is like the social aspect. So meeting new people. Uh, if you're in the right environment, um, thankfully, I, I really like the school that I, that I go to. Uh, there's a lot of cool people, great environment uh, in the business school there. A lot of cool professors, uh, a lot of cool students as well. And so you can kind of bounce ideas off of each other. You can network with each other. There's probably a lot of students who are very entrepreneurial as well. And so that's that's why I was saying earlier with my social media marketing agency, it was so easy to scale it because I had all these bright people around me with skill sets. So, you know, I could I could go over to a marketing classroom and be like, hey, man, like, uh, yeah, I know you've learned a lot in marketing over the past couple of years. Is there any kind of tips you could give me? Do you know anything about Facebook ads? And chances are, you know, there's so many people on campus. There's so many people you might bump into. Uh, the best thing that you can do is just put yourself out there, start having these conversations, start talking to people. You never know where it might lead. And, and so for me, uh, it led to me bringing a couple people on board, working with me within um, my social media marketing agency and scaling it to a lot more clients um, than when I had started out and it was just me. And I like, I always like to say this, this one kind of thing, I, I'm not sure where I heard it actually, but it's kind of stuck with me. Um, so if, if you want to go somewhere fast, go alone, but if you want to go somewhere far, bring someone with you. And so that, that really stuck out to me and it makes a lot of sense. And that's what school is all about for me is, is finding those people, uh, you know, having those connections, who knows where you're buddy jimmy who's drinking on the weekends drinking all the time might be in 10 years he might flip a switch and you know go to become the next elon musk or jeff bezos you never know uh, but it's great to build these connections uh social aspects awesome just building your interpersonal skills as well 
is huge. Even as a marketer, like one of the biggest things in, in marketing is, is really being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. It's like, in this case, you'd be putting yourself in the customer's shoes. And so building your interpersonal skills by constantly being in a social environment is what's really going to help you develop those type of empathy skills and, and things that are going to directly carry over to marketing as well. So really for me, it's, it's not so much about uh, the content of what I learned in my courses, but it's everything that goes along with it that makes my experience at school uh, well worth it, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I mean, I think at this point, okay, I can't, I can't speak to uh, the uh, educational system in its entirety, but there is a great deal of things that people can learn online. However, the uh, learning experience is far more curated when somebody is in person, they can ask questions that they don't specifically understand or people or their peers can ask those questions too. And so while I could get that course, I, I could get the course conceivably online, let's just say for the sake of argument, it, the learning experience would still be different being being in person and actually having some impact on how the course might unfold uh, for, for the day. So, yeah, I mean, I, I myself, like I've, I was pretty happy with my college experience. I don't regret that. But there is it was like the elementary school and the high school stuff. Again, this isn't about me, but I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of, uh, of that aspect of it. Just, for sure. You know, less agency and all that. So you being a, a feller who you know, you've got, you, you, you do action plans, you have vision for how things are going to go. Um, once school is over for you, um, that is a pretty significant, uh, shift in your, in your lifestyle because now you're not going to be obligated to that. So have you considered what you're going to do to kind of like keep that momentum going? Yeah. So that's a really good question. Thanks. Um, I worked hard on it. <laughs> Something that I should probably start thinking a little bit more about. I do, like I said, I love making action plans and planning things out for the future. Um, but I, I, that being said, I also don't spend too much time thinking about about the future, especially years from now. Um, I mean, actually, this is me graduating um, uh, post secondary. Will probably not be very very much farther down the line. I think about about a year and a half. Uh, from now, I should be should be graduated and good to go there. Um, but really, I think that's going to bring a, upon a whole new list of challenges for me. And and you know whether that's continuing exactly what I'm doing today, or you know who knows, I might have a bunch of other things started up by the time that I graduate. At the pace that I'm moving right now, everything is so all over the place, and and nothing is set in stone. Um, but one thing that I do want to do after schools, I want to, I want to take some time to travel, uh, go around the world. That's just always something that I've, I've wanted to do personally. And I think, you know, I'm, anything that I, that I do, I can usually find a way for it to benefit me, uh, in business too. So, you know, who knows, maybe I travel and I, I meet some cool people and, and we come together and we work on a new project or whatever it is. Uh, so traveling is probably something I'll do after there, after, after I'm done with school, but also there is the potential of continuing schooling, right? So, you know, whether, whether I go out and, and get an MBA or something, I'm in the business program right now. I'm not sure if I, I mentioned that, but there's that option too. And, and that's really, these are some decisions that I'm going to have to make uh, a little bit closer to graduation. Um, but yeah, I think whatever it is, I think I'll be, I'll be well prepared to take it on and I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, couldn't help but ask that one too. I was just uh, very, very intrigued about what the uh, response to it would be. 
By the way, if you're a current user of Debutify or haven't tried us out yet, Debutify version 3 has been released and now is a good time to upgrade or get started as any. A streamlined user interface along with an ever-increasing array of conversion-boosting add-ons is waiting for you. So download today for free and start your journey. Who knows? Maybe I'll be interviewing you before too long. Uh, having looked at some of the uh, some of the work that you do, looking at your website, um, there are some things that stuck out to me. Uh, one of them, actually, okay, I don't know if you, you'll recall this because I looked at I looked at your content, but you, but you were just talking about like uh, products. Not only can they go, can they fail, but they can actually be pretty catastrophic. And one of them is about like the hover hoverboards uh, that were really popular. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love for you to tell the audience that story because that one I just I heard I saw that story on the on the YouTube and I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, so I think I'm not sure if this is the same story you're referring to. Um it's not so much a story, uh, but I don't know if you guys have heard or if you've heard of like, you know, when there's that big hoverboard craze, right? And so people obviously were making a lot of money off of these things. But also what happened was some of these, some of these products. Uh, not all of them, but some, a good majority of them, you know, maybe there was some certain supplier uh, selling to the same people or, and they were drop shippers and, and whatever, uh, literally started blowing up and like catching fire and, you know, potentially causing hundreds of thousands of dollars of damage. And so I, I think I knew two people who their hoverboards actually blew up. And one of them had actually caused some significant damage to other things, other possessions that they had in their garage. And so stuff like that, it's, it's unforeseen and it's, it's freaky. Um, but you gotta be, you gotta always be prepared for things to go completely catastrophic sideways, um, as they do. And, and as they did for me, so actually my first, uh, my first, I guess, success story in, in drop shipping, I was selling, um, UV sanitization lights. And so these lights, uh, they came in a variety of different uh, uh, forms. And so one of them, the main one was like a wand. So it's this thing, it's a handheld device. Uh, you turn it on with a little dial and you can go and you can shine it over areas that are frequently touched. So whether it's your keys, phone, keyboard, uh, stuff of that nature, it's supposed to completely sterilize them, get rid of all germs, stuff like that. And of course it came in, uh, towers and lamps and, and all different forms. Um, but basically this product was, or these products were doing amazing for me. And so I was, I was moving product like crazy. And, you know, this was the first time that I was waking up and I was seeing three or $4,000 on the dashboard. And the fact that that money, you know, came in while I was sleeping was absolutely crazy to me. It blew my mind. Uh, my, my ad spend was going crazy. I was getting like three to four ROAS consistently. Um, for those of the watchers who don't know, uh, ROAS is basically return on ad spend. So if you, you know, spend a hundred bucks and then you, you know, you, you triple that in revenue, then that's a three X, uh, ROAS. So basically the ROAS was going crazy and it was consistently above three, which for every dollar I spent, I was getting consistently over $3 back, uh, which was crazy. And you know, I was, I hit six figures on that store it was doing very, very well. And then it all came to a screeching halt. And so there's a bit more that went into it, but essentially it ended with uh, a cease and desist letter. So 
my basically I was I was forced to shut down operations. And that was from a, a couple of different things. And so at the time, I'm a lot of dropshippers, a lot of big people on YouTube who share their experiences and stories too. They all talk about when they first got into dropshipping, not having a solid back end and customer service and not keeping up with all the other operations. They're just solely focused on selling the product and making a profit. Same goes for me. Same goes for a lot of people. I hope anybody listening to this right now doesn't make those same mistakes and really focuses in on all the different aspects of their business. But it was it was me single-handedly running the customer service. And so that that ended terribly as I was extremely busy and, and there was so many refunds and chargebacks and, and people complaining. And <clears throat> at the time, the product was being shipped out from China. So that's another thing that I want to touch on is nowadays, I like to get all my product into the US. I just think fast shipping is so important uh, for a lot of consumers. And that's partly because of Amazon Prime. They've set the bar so high. And so anyways, at the time, I was shipping out of China. And I like to say that's okay in the beginning to validate the product before you know you go and start spending money on inventory. Because of course, drop shipping is about having that lean start. For me, I was shipping out of China, even as I was doing six figures in revenue, which that is that that is a disaster, in my opinion. I know some people who have, who have who have done it right and done it well, but it was a disaster for me, especially not having the proper back end. And so <clears throat> packages were arriving late, uh, damaged, some products were broken, um, stuff like that. And again, a lot of refunds, chargebacks, headaches, but then ultimately. <clears throat> The worst mistake of all was using stolen content from other brands. So at the time, I just went over to other websites, taken their images or whatever, planted them on my website. Even if it's just like a lifestyle image, I just did not at the time really look into, you know, copyright laws and, and rules and stuff like that. So it was me taking that. And then it was also me coming up with my own copy and marketing angles from my own head without doing proper research. And so I was making false claims about the product. And so I was saying stuff like kills 99.99% of, of bacteria and harmful viruses and, and stuff like that. I did not do the research on. So along the way, things that I said were misleading and, and misinterpreting the product that I was selling. And so between those two things, that's how I got into a little bit of trouble. Thankfully, it didn't end in any, in any major legal trouble. Like I said, it just ended in the cease and desist letter for me was forced to shut down. And I mean, I was devastated going from having this successful business up and running to, you know, freaking out every single morning at the amount of money that it's, that's coming in to just boom, in, a, in one day, wake up $0 on my dashboard. And so that 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 was a huge kind of eye opening experience for me. And I, I, I'm going to be honest, I did after that point, I did fall into a little bit of a slump for a few weeks. And I was having trouble, you know, getting myself to actually work. But lucky enough, I was still able to come out of that business with a decent amount of money made, even after all the refunds and chargebacks, just because my, my ROAS was so great, I still came out profitable and I was able to use those profits uh, to reinvest and start my new businesses. And if I've been putting the pieces together correctly, the reason why your ROAS was so high was because you had a lot of prior experience in your uh, social media marketing work that while not one-to-one, -one, there was a great deal of that experience that it came with you so that you were you know, you were using that when you were marketing the product. Exactly. And and of course, the product plays a big role in dropshipping. And so it was a great product. It just sold really well. 
And, and yeah, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like to anybody listening that I went straight from social media marketing to this store and did six figures. Okay. Um, yeah. Just want to make it clear that prior to that store, I did, you know, run a few other stores first and I, I, I failed miserably. I spent, spent thousands of dollars. I think maybe at least three to five, three to $6,000 um, down the drain uh, before I started to, you know, get into the green and make some profits with that store. And it's important. I, I wanted to get that across because yeah. some people, some people like to sugarcoat things after it's been done and say, this is how much money I've made, but they don't like to talk about their losses. And so there are times where, you know, you're, you're sitting there and you're frustrated because you spent the last couple of months working so hard in your social media marketing business. You started to make good money. You made this big move to drop shipping and now you're just losing money. Those thousands of dollars that you've been making, you're just losing it. Um, or at least that's how it feels, but you have to get out of that feeling and you have to know that you're not losing that money. It's uh, although you're down $5,000, it's an investment. You're learning, you're growing, you're adapting from that. And it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of products tested before you will also find that UV sanitizing light, uh, use your ad skills and your marketing skills and you know, hopefully achieve good levels of success as well. One thing I'm, I'm wondering about the light, maybe it was just like a, a partially, uh, there was a, a time and place to it too. Was this being um, uh, marketed, say, during like the uh, the apex of the coronavirus? Because I would, I can see the relationship between everybody scared about the virus and and uh, and a tool to uh, reduce and eliminate bacteria. Yeah, so you're you're totally right. That that definitely played a role. Uh, but that product, it's funny. I, so I started selling that product prior to the virus. Uh, and so it was still selling at that point. And then of course, once the virus started picking up and all that, that's when it, that's when it really took off. So I think that would have been about uh, a little over a year ago today, maybe a year and a couple of months. That was when that business was at its peak. And then also shortly after it hit its peak, it's, it hit that crazy downfall because of those mistakes that I made. All right. So the next thing that I really wanted to ask you about, I wanted to make sure we got we got this in uh, before I uh, before I let you go today um, about the uh, the pre built stores that you offer, and also make sure too that we 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 hear about the other services that you offer as well. I want to make sure my audience knows um, uh, everything that you're about. But um, for the pre built stores, um, that stuck out to me because I am intrigued. I would like to know, you know, what is consistent about these that uh, gives them a, a good chance of succeeding, and then. You know, once they're in the hands of the of the purchaser, you know, what are the things that they need to do to be ready to make sure that it's worth their while? Yeah, hundred percent. So we'll start with the pre-built stores. Firstly, why I wanted to sell pre-built stores was because I actually use them myself. So I'm not just selling something that I don't use. And and I I prefer using the term custom-built stores as opposed to pre-built stores uh, because what we do is so when you when you purchase a store from us you'll then get a form emailed to you. And so you'll fill out the form and you can, if you want, you can write a paragraph on exactly what you want in this store. We can design it to your exact specifications, or you can leave it completely blank and, and leave it all up to us. Of course, you can also choose your own products or we can hand select them for you. Um, but the custom built stores have been something that I've been doing as well. So again, back to that other story, shortly after that whole downfall of that store, I started pumping out new stores and started perfecting my craft and getting really good and, and launching dropshipping stores. But it's difficult sometimes uh, working alone. And that's why I love building a team. And so 
bringing all these people on my team who are amazing at building stores. Uh, also, I've collaborated with them and we've talked about what I like in a store, uh, what they like. And we've, we've kind of found a perfect blend of things that work, especially for starting out and testing a new product. And so when I now test and launch products, this is how I build them. I use the people on my team. They primarily build the framework. They go in the back, they do the settings, they build the store, how I like it, how we've talked about it. And then I'll come in and I'll put a final few finishing touches on it before we actually uh, put the ads live and, and see if the product can work. And so since that's something that I do anyway, when I'm, when I'm testing stores and trying to find products to work, I thought, why don't I offer this to other people as well? Because not everybody has the time. You know, there's probably a lot of people in my position too, where they're managing a bunch of different things, you know, whether they have a nine to five going for them and they're doing this in the evening and largely drop shipping is a game of finding winning products as well. That, that's a huge piece is finding products that sell. And so a lot of times you have to sell, uh, you know, two, three, four products before you can find one that's going to make you a lot of money. And so sometimes that entails making a lot of stores as well, which can take time. Now, if you can just buy your stores ready to go, ready to launch, ready to test these ads, that's perfect. I mean, granted that you have the budget to be to be churning out these stores um, and, and you're able to do that. And so once I had my successes with dropshipping and started building up some capital, that's exactly what I did. I started spending my money on cutting back my time so that I could reach winning products quicker. And so now that's what I'm offering to everybody who comes by my website. They can pick up a store for themselves. You know, if they don't want to go through the entire process, they can expedite that. They can test their product. If it's if it's working, if it's validated, of course, then they can go and make any additional tweaks and spend time doing custom content and really take the brand to a whole new level. But it's just that first step and getting to the point where you need to validate the product, see if it works is can take can take a long time. Uh, it's not something that happens in, in an hour or two. Uh, definitely, you know, takes at least a couple of days if you're doing proper competitor research and, and everything market research. Um, so, yeah, we, we just really want to expedite that process, something I do and now something I'm, I'm happy to offer. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the pre-built stores. And then I'll just touch on uh, a couple other things that I offer. So I also offer a mentorship program. And so the mentorship program, I don't, you know, just take infinite people like I would for the pre-built stores. I keep it to a very small group of people. Honestly, there's no like hard number on like, there's no like, all right, 10, 15 people. It just really depends on, on how busy I am in a particular month or whatever, because usually it's a 30 day program. Um, so I will work uh, with a student as well as a couple of my business partners and, and now team members uh, at my company Outright Ecom. And so we will we'll work directly with that student and we'll take them from, you know, most of, them, most of them come in with not a ton of experience. So we'll take them from uh, basically day one. So setting everything up to scaling their way to an e-commerce brand, ordering the product into the U.S., working with some of our um, private agents and suppliers, uh, nailing down the whole fulfillment process, which is huge. And just doing all those kind of behind the scenes things that people don't get out of buying a course, per se. So that's what the mentorship program is all about. Um, for anyone watching, you guys can check it out on my website as well. There's a ton more information on it. I won't, uh, I won't bore you too long with that. Um, and then of course, uh, the last thing is if anybody wants to book a call, so if they want to just have a conversation, uh, maybe they're looking for some, some key insights, tips, stuff like that, then they can do so on the website as well. They can book a call directly with me for about 30 minutes or an hour. 
Uh, I used to like a few months ago, I used to just hop on calls with everybody. Uh, but it got to a point where there was just so many people coming in. I had to find a way to cut that back because I don't have all the time in the world. And so the perfect option there was just charging for the calls. And also in what I found ensures that, you know, the person coming into the call, they're spending X amount of dollars for this call. They've probably prepared. They're ready. They're ready to get the most out of that call. You know, we're writing up action plans in this call. We're taking things seriously. And I just love um, networking with everybody who's in that frame of mind, really looking to succeed. Uh, and that's one thing. That's why I love doing the mentorship program as well is because I'm building not only a friend, but I'm, I'm building a long-term business connection with somebody when I work with them that closely. And so you never know where that person might be in a few months or a few years. You never know where I will be in a few months or a few years. And it, it's great to have that uh, grow your list of contacts. Networking is huge. I, I, I can't uh, say enough how fond I am of networking and, and my mentorship program calls, all that kind of stuff is perfect as well for that. And, and, and it just speaks to, uh, you know, your philosophy of, um, you know, r raising the bar by uh, committing to, to school while also committing to running your business and, and managing all of these. So in that same token, you know, you're, you're elevating the people who want to work with you because you want to be, uh, you want to be among your peers. And so it just, it takes some time to, to get them to that level. Exactly. Awesome. And yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on networking. It's one of my, one of my favorite things to do in the whole wide world. Just the idea that like I can make, make these connections here and, and see what, uh, and see what comes of it. So it's, 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 it's a, it could be a small way to make a difference, but there's no telling the significance of it down the line. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm going to, so, uh, with the exception of my usual wrap up question, there is one other thing I'll, I'll ask you cause I, I'd like to get your, your take on it, but, um, 2021, uh, we're, we're in the midst of it. Uh, and then, you know, we're going to get to 2022, 2023 and all that good stuff. Uh, is there anything I hesitate to say prediction cause, uh, uh, historically people don't feel comfortable making predictions, but is there anything you see, you think you, you're seeing coming any shifts that you think are going to be significant, uh, with, uh, regards to drop shipping, but also e-commerce, uh, in, in, in the full perspective? Yeah. So I think a lot of people can agree with me that we're definitely in the midst of a, a massive shift right now for a lot of things, not just drop shipping, whether it be we're seeing this massive boom and rise of cryptocurrency and, and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, but I guess specifically for drop shipping, I'm going to say that more than ever, you need to be trying to turn yourself into a real e-commerce brand. And so that's why earlier I was stressing moving the product into the US, getting those fast shipping times. Maybe you're looking at private labeling. Maybe you're, you're doing custom packaging, um, really increasing the customer experience as best as possible. And that's partly because today, Amazon Prime and, and, and larger corporations and companies have gotten so good where they've set the bar so high and people's expectation is they order your product and it's at their door in less than three days, some cases even earlier than that. And so when that type of expectation is there, if you want to survive long term and, and hopefully be around, maybe your goal is to have your dropshipping store and sell it three years down the line. Um, make a big profit on it, selling to somebody else, you, you will not be able to do that if you cheap out on, on the customer experience. You need to go all the way. You need to brand everything. Um, and I think we're just going to be seeing that more and more as we, we go further down the line. People are also like understanding 
how dropshipping works more and more now. If you asked the average person on the street two or three years ago about dropshipping, um, they probably wouldn't even know the word. Whereas it's become so mainstream now. And with that comes a lot of people like just saying, why would I buy from this company when I can just go to AliExpress and buy the product for a fraction of the price? So now it's your job as a marketer, as a drop shipper or an e-commerce business owner, it's your job to convince the customer that they should be buying from you and not buying from AliExpress. And, and how you do that through your marketing, through your creatives, through your angles, through your branding, your customer experience, you know, AliExpress is shipping their product in 20 or 30 days. But if you have the product in the US ready to go and, and could be at your door in, in, in a matter of two days, well, now suddenly they're willing to pay more for your product as opposed to, you know, buy it, buy it from China. So that's where I think we're headed. It's all about uh, the customer experience and building a real sustainable brand. Whereas, you know, maybe maybe a couple of years ago, you could just throw up any dropshipping site with any product and you could have a lot of success. Whereas, you know, time is definitely changing now and it's getting harder and harder to remain profitable on these uh, on these ad platforms. And one of the only ways I see I see continuing to do so is by branding. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Personally, it was affiliate marketing that I, that I'm uh, that I'm a big uh, a big fan of now. So that's one thing I look forward to. So like, even if I can't make a product work, I can always promo it. You know, yeah. get a little bit of returns on that. So that's one element to it that I that I'm just like ecstatic about. Uh, and yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you're, you're completely right. Um, AliExpress is great if people want to order something and then forget they ordered it. Yeah, and then just have it show up at their door like two months later. And be like, well, yeah, th- this this thing. Oh, it's, yes, my plants are already dead, but you know, so it was a nice thought. So yeah. So with that, now for the wrap up question, I mean, you already just gave us like a bunch of advice, but I'm just gonna ask it anyways. Uh, if there's any parting words of wisdom, you know, like a Chinese proverb you really like, feel free to share it and then let our audience know how they can uh, seek you out and maybe get involved. For sure. Yeah, I would say, well, I'm gonna give maybe maybe two pieces of, of, of info here. Um, the first one specifically relating to if you're doing dropshipping e-commerce, you're trying to find products to sell online. Uh, one thing that I want you to do is remove your personal biases on products. So for example, you know, you might be saying, I, I would never ever in my life buy this product. I don't think anybody will. And you have to realize there's seven other billion people out there on the planet there's multiple billions on scrolling through facebook every single day there's a market for almost anything you know it's all about of course how you market it your creatives uh the angle you go with it all these things it's it's not like obviously the product is important and we talked about that earlier uh but your own biases towards a product should just be removed out of the picture as as an experienced dropshipper. It's something that's difficult for sure. Something that I, I've had to overcome personally. And once I overcame that and I started testing products that I thought personally would not sell, that's when actually some of these products started to sell more than ever, more than I've seen before. And that's because I had to realize I am a I'm a very niche person. I'm in a I'm in a different group than a lot of people. And so are a lot of other people. There's a lot of different markets for anything. So that's one that I'll give there specifically on on dropshipping, selling products, um, marketing. And then the next one is kind of like, 
it's it, it, it pertains to drop shipping and e-commerce, but it's also just more of like a mindset thing and something that I try to practice uh, as often as possible. And I do this a lot for my YouTube, uh, for my <clears throat> um, business where I sell the pre-built stores, as well as the mentorships. And that's accepting any and all criticism um, and not just not accepting it, but actually seeking it out. So I will go frequently and I will ask people and these don't have to be like well-established business professionals that you're asking. This can literally be, um, you know, your parents, your family, a friend, uh, a kid in the park for, for that matter. It can be anyone and everyone. And you should be asking, uh, you know, Hey, I, I noticed you checked out my YouTube video. Is there, is there any way I can improve? Did you, what are the things that you liked about my video? What are the things that you disliked? And just gathering this feedback uh, is so important because it, it kind of ties into the, the personal biases thing too. You're always going to have these biases on everything that you do. And so for me, I might think I put out the best YouTube video ever, but then someone's going to tell me, no, you, you could have done this a little better. And then that's going to, you know, that's going to make me sit down and really think about it. Man, he, he really said that to me. He really said this was that bad. And then maybe I'm going to be like, wow, maybe that was that bad. And then that's when I'm going to start thinking of all these new ideas and just the places where you can go and things that you can learn and, and you know, where things lead to. A lot of it will stem from accepting criticism, knowing how to accept it, uh, seeking it out and, you know, just taking it all in. And, and one thing that I do want to point out is the difference between uh, seeking out and accepting criticism and, and hate. So sometimes as a creator, you will get straight up hate. And so you got to be able to know the difference as well. And so hate is when, of course, when they're not providing any, any feedback in any areas to improve, you know, like a, a good, I'd say good criticism or good feedback is when someone says, Hey, I, I like what you're doing here, but I think you could definitely improve here. And so, you know, they're noting something that they like, and then they're telling you areas you could improve, or at least in their eyes, you could improve. And so hate is when someone will come after you and just say, this is terrible. Um, maybe they're saying you're a liar. Maybe they're, you know, things like that. And everyone's going to get that and everyone's going to experience it, especially when you're a content creator, especially through, you know, stuff like TikTok. Uh, where it's just you're throwing up a lot of content and then people are in their comment section and they're they're feeling powerful and you know wherever it stems from maybe maybe they've had a bad experience with drop shipping uh, and now they're just out to out to get every single person who's talking about it who knows uh, you got to be able to just drown that stuff out and forget about it um, don't don't let it get to you and just understand that every other creator every single person who's putting themselves out there is on the same boat. They're going to have haters, they're going to have hate comments. That's just the way things go. Uh, but know the difference. Never, never, you know, never get upset at somebody who's giving you genuine feedback. Um, and and do the same for others. It's it's lending a helping hand. If, if you know, you see something, uh, don't be afraid to have an honest conversation with that person and tell them areas they can improve and, and get better. I think the important thing, the important takeaway is, is not, not to be too soft and, and not to, uh, and, you know, never to take those things personally into heart. It's, it's all business. You're all helping each other out, give feedback, accept it, seek it out. Uh, feedback and criticism. So important for me, especially as I grow and move forward. It reminded me of an analogy, which I, I cannot 
uh, say perfectly at the moment because it's been a while since I thought about it. But I just had I thought it was fascinating that in order for somebody to get like the antidote to a poison, they had to extract the poison from the the snake bite directly or from the scorpion directly. So I just think that that's that that's a metaphor for a lot of life, which is to get the antidote, you have to go right where the poison is and extract the antidote from the poison. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then uh, with that, just uh, once more, let the our audience know how they can uh, how they can find you and yeah, not sure. be hateful. <laughs> so yeah, um, if you want to give me genuine and honest uh, feedback and criticism, um, you guys can find me on my YouTube channel. It's just my name, so Nathan Nazareth. You can look me up. You can also find me on TikTok at the Canadian Entrepreneur. You can find me on Instagram again, just by my name, Nathan Nazareth. You could probably look it up on Google, and you'll see bunch of different things as well. I try to answer as many people as possible. I'm always answering questions every single night. I'm talking back to you guys. So leave me a message on Instagram. That's probably where I'm the most active. Uh, go check out my YouTube content as well. I offer tons of free content. Try to post one video a week. Try to offer as much value as I possibly can to you guys. Um, and I really appreciate anyone who is here listening and, and made it the full way through this podcast. Uh, statistically, they do. Yeah, um, we do get some people, they fall off. Um, but for the most part, our, our listeners are actually quite engaged. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, a, a, a pats for you, pats for me. All right. On that note to our audience, I thank you for, for your participation. And uh, it means a lot to me, as always, to be able to sh- uh, collect this information and share it with all of y'all. And uh, and to my guest, uh, Nathan Nazareth, it's been a blast. Um, it's been great to, to hear your, your insights. And I just look forward to seeing uh, how things unfold for you in the, in the next uh, quarter. So, you know, give yourself a couple, a quarter or two. Feel free to come back and let us know how things are going. For sure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, we'll stay in touch for sure. Fantastic. All right. To our audience, you all know what I'm about to say. We will check in soon. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at Debutify.com. Or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to Debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.